Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. And it is a pleasure to welcome Sam Twiston-Davies to Luck on Sunday. Sam, how are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Well, you nice should be, be after, after yesterday. Al Dancer lived up to all the expectations in the, in the Betfair hurdle. Yeah, we'd, have, we'd hoped, obviously, to go into Newbury. It would all go well, and sadly, obviously, everything that happened, happened. Mm. But Ascot very put it on swiftly and always hoped that it wouldn't prove too many inconveniences swapping from Newbury to Ascot. And, he got into a good rhythm, he was still plenty keen, so obviously to pick up like he did and put the race to bed, we were really happy with. Yeah, I think when I spoke to you yesterday, I mean, watching him in the early part of the race, it seems like you were never able, for at least a few furlongs, to, to drop your hand on his withers, and he was always, you had your hands just a little bit perhaps, suggesting he was a bit too keen. Um, yet to do what he did at the end of the race was hugely impressive. Yeah, well, traditionally in a bet for a hurdle, you go pretty hard all the way, so jump wanted him, wanted to be somewhere in the first six, get him to relax, switch off, see how we went from there but literally we jumped off hacked along to the first didn't really pick up mm. too much more to the second and as you know of Ascot then when you go down the hill you yeah. oh, just really started to get <laughs> even more keen I was thinking this isn't ideal I wish I was four places further back with a bit more cover but yeah. luckily it's just the pure class of the horse has got him through it and he's ended up winning nicely after the race, your, your dad was obviously effusive, and, and your brother uh, suggested he might be <laughs> he might be the best horse uh, that you've ever had in New York. In fairness, when your brother said that, your dad was standing next to me, and your dad actually said, uh, "Willie's been in the bar all day." Um, well, we got there early. Um, Willie works in the yard, um, helping out, and funny enough, we were leaving at ten originally, and then it came back to half nine, and then Willie was ready by quarter past nine, so we were out <laughs> the yard pretty early. And then I didn't actually see Willie again till after the horse won. So oh, right. <laughs> um, it might have helped the fact um, sort of these bold statements were coming out. But um, no, w- w- Willie wears heart in his sleeve. He loves obviously a lot of the horse in the yard. He mm. works closely with um, Jack Savage, with, with, with Al Dancer. Yeah. And, uh, massive credit to Jack, really. And where does he rank? I mean, what, in terms of excitement? For the, for the team, because you've got some, some tremendous horses. You know, we think of Imperial Commander and the new one, etc. Mm. He, he's a little bit different, this fella. He's very fast. Traditionally, we're obviously probably better known for kind of the, the Grand National types, the staying yeah. handicap chasers, the, the this and that. And this horse, now, he, he can, what he does in a piece of work, not many you'd see at ours doing. Um, so that's what's nice about him is that you have to actually almost work him a little bit harder for his. Um, preps because end of the day there's not many horses that you'd really work him with. Mm. That's why I think Jack does a great job with him because you don't want to overwork him and because you get excited because he's faster than a lot of the others. But at the same time you want him to do a bit because he needs to be fit and ready to go in these big occasions. Well, hearing what you're saying, it's extraordinary to think that the, the Ballymore might have been an option for him. Clearly, after yesterday, Ballymore's out of the picture and it's all the way to the Supreme. Well, hopefully. Uh, I have to talk to Di. He's got, obviously, very lucky. He's got a lot of, a handful of really good horses mm. and obviously with Angel's Breath as well. So um, I think between uh, Dad, Di, Nicky, they'll have a chat, see wh- which horses will be suited to which races. And with a bit of luck, we can end up in the Supreme. He just has a lot of natural pace. He's a strong traveller, a good jumper. So it'd be the obvious target. But say, if for any reason Di wanted to, you just have to slot him back a little bit more, get it, make sure he did relax um, and see how he went from there. But I don't think the extra trip would be a problem, but he's just very fast. And I think to ride him in the Supreme would be the really, well, be a good bit of sport. Uh, and I know jockeys, trainers, owners, they always tend to look at the next race. But you know what we're like in, in racing as a, as a fan, as a member in the media or whatever, we're always thinking of the future. And immediately, and, and, and your dad mentioned it yesterday, uh, perhaps a champion hurdle. 
for this horse. Could could he be that class? One day, that'd be the dream. Um, we always fall into that. That bracket kind of is similar as when Ballyandy won the champion bumper. We said, oh, he owes us nothing now. And then he, <laughs> he ended up winning the bet fair. And we're like, oh, he definitely owes us nothing now. But the trouble is then, because they've gone and done that, they've promised you so much, you're always hoping for that little bit more. Um, so hopefully with this horse, it's today a fantastic day, but um, you're always hoping what, what could be in the future. And, yeah. But the way he is, the way he's learning and the pace he's kind of come forward, you never really know. We don't really know how much more's to come. Indeed, the, the good horses seduce you like you, you can't imagine. And, and he has done that this season. So uh, brilliant to see him do what he did yesterday. And it's brilliant to see you having a super season. Uh, obviously, you took, uh, 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 I guess, what, have meant, what have probably would have been a, a difficult enough decision to go freelance. So how did you feel things have gone since? Yeah, really, well, really happy. Um, obviously, re- working really closely with uh, Brody, so Chris Broad, who, who books all my rides and um, does a fantastic job of like managing me um, mentally. Sometimes can be a little bit, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to explain it. As Dad would say, um, I don't hold my temper so well. So um, he's done really, really well. We had the target at the start of the year of one thing I wanted to do was try and get to the 100 winners again. And touch wood, staying injury free and the horses keep running like they are. Hopefully yeah. we can do that. But um, You're into the 80s now. Yeah, 80s, so we'll see how we go and hopefully we can get there. But as always, it's... Working for Paul is like one of, the, as you see, like yesterday. It's like one of the best jobs. Well, is one of, is probably the best job in this country. Cause the yeah. volume of winners, the attention to detail, the everything they do there is, is amazing. But at the same time, after however many years I was doing it, probably the last year I was, I probably wasn't riding to the best of my ability. I was thinking about it a lot and um, second guessing every decision I made. And the one thing you're employed to do when you're a jockey is go out and ride on your instincts. And that's probably towards the end I was going out and thinking, double thinking about everything I was doing. So actually to come back home and ride a lot for Dad and Dr Newland is fantastic. Just to go out there and literally if something isn't working, you can go down through the, through the options, plan A, B, C, even if you end up on plan E and to come back and, and have them believing in you is what, what's nice. And now I think I'm riding better and learning more again. And, and today still, I probably have a better relationship with Paul now than I did in the, the best years we had together. People often talk about the word pressure, and some say there isn't, some say there is plenty of pressure. Is that one of the things that you would say has been released by going freelance? That's it. In the early years um, at Pulse, I, you know, I thrived off it, absolutely loved it, because I thought the more pressure I had on me, the, the better horses we had, the bigger, more bigger races we had chances in. So it's one thing I was always like, the more pressure I had, mm. the kind of more I thrived off it. But then actually when Harry's obviously an exceptional jockey, as we've seen now, as he's come through and he was always like behind me as, and he was always putting pressure on along with, with Shawnee. Um, so it was, you're always up in your game more and more and more. And then it was the last year, then it's just the pressure was kind of, you're sitting on your shoulders and you're thinking like, what can I do yeah. to have that little edge here or there? And at times obviously we've got, got little things wrong and it was, it was the right time for obviously yeah. Harry to go into pools and me to do what I'm doing now. And yeah. I think it's nice that I don't go home and stress about it as much. There'd be some days I'd get home and sit in the car for 10 minutes and yeah. just didn't really want to go in because, no secret, I live with my mum and Willie, so yeah. um, I didn't really want to go, go in and them see me in the mood so I could c- come in. So um, I'd sit in the car and then go upstairs and now I'd be going home 80% of the time as a happy person and hopefully a not, not nicer person to deal with. One thing you've always said is that no matter what situation is happening off the track, 
riding good horses and winning big races gives every jockey a huge buzz. And I imagine one of the one of the, the best moments you have had with uh, Paul was when Dodging Bullets won the, the Queen Mother Champion Chase. Yeah, that that was all a dream, you know. Like uh, to start, I remember Daryl sadly got injured the season before, and I'd ridden Dodging Bullets at Aintree and um, his last start the season four. Um, so to see his progression mm. from from finishing midway in a novice chase around Aintree to where he ended up um, placing the Shula, winning Tingle Creek to going and winning this was just exceptional. And in that year, he was just, he was the ultimate. He was so quick from A to B. He just had it all and speed. He could jump, travel, do everything he needed to do in those big races. And just a thrill I got off riding him was exceptional. And it was just in that time where Paul and I needed a good one together and mm. he turned up and, and did everything that I'd only dreamed about as a kid, really. You, you're, you're still a very young man, but I guess experiences like winning on a horse like Dodging Bullets so early in your relationship with Paul, um, and given how things have sort of panned out, makes you think, when you have those great days, better embrace it and celebrate it. No one knows what's around the corner. Yeah, well, that's it. As a, when I was younger, I didn't know how to celebrate it. <laughs> I didn't know... Well, I just presumed it was just going to happen all the time. Um, so that is the biggest trouble, was talking to Tommy Skew. Like, we, the trouble is we were so spoilt as when we were young riding these amazing horses, and then you're always trying to find more and more and more, and Chantlem is an incredibly hard place to win, so to have ridden the likes of Dodging Bullets and the new one at an early stage, even Baby Run in my, yeah. one of my first Cheltenhams, to go and win like, the Fox Hunters, just presumed like Cheltenham was, was, was quite straightforward, <laughs> so it's not until you've had a couple of years where you're finishing mid-div to back that you're like, well, you know, I realised like, I should have maybe taken that all in and enjoyed it a little bit more. The only trouble is our skybox at home is ancient because we refused to delete any of the replays. So <laughs> probably enjoying more now than ever did on the day. You're going to have to find a way of downloading them. Yeah, uh, I'm not clever enough to think of it. So there might be somebody here who might be able to help you. Um, obviously, talking of Cheltenham and a horse that early on, uh, one for you, the festival, the new one. Uh, is it possible to describe just how much you, you love that horse? Not, not really in words. Um, He's still at home. He lives uh, across from Dad's house. He's have, having that rebuilt. So he used to look out his bedroom window and look down on him. Um, but to try and sum him up, is it's just so tricky because what he did for us as a family and whenever you ha were lacking a horse that maybe you needed to keep you in the picture, like the new one was just always there. You'd go to a Haydock maybe after a couple of quiet weeks and he'd win the, the champion hurdle trial. He'd go to the, yeah, exactly. And he'd go to the Cleve, um, not the Cleve Herder, he'd go for the International to win it as many times as he did. It was just exceptional. And that horse just promised you, you wouldn't have noticed him in the morning. He was quiet. Wayne Jones literally rode him from day one, mm. probably because he was one of the quiet ones and <laughs> told everyone that he wasn't. But um, no, he just done wonders for us as a family. And we owe him so much now for keeping us in the limelight. When Imperial Commander left, there was obviously big question marks about what horse was going to keep us in the in the in the big picture, and he was the one that jumped into that and did did hand some more. Yeah, but the thing I loved about the new one was that there were times when he, he was absolutely brilliant, just in terms of his raw ability as a racehorse. But there were also times when it got he had to get down and dirty, and he didn't mind that either. Oh, he could do it everywhere. That was the best thing about him, I'd say, because he could win ugly, he could win pretty. Um, I think the biggest one. For us, was that champion hurdle his first one? It was that was, it was a day that there, there are never groans forget. in my ear from people that still can't believe yeah, yeah, yeah. that day. Oh, don't it was that was not one of the toughest days racing because that, that's very unfair. Because still, it was a hell of a day. It was a hell of a run. 
and to like have a horse placed in the champion hurdle is still very very lucky but same time you always hope for different scenarios and as a jockey you run these races through your head hundreds and hundreds of times mm. it's the one thing i couldn't have ever thought of happening so um that was probably the hardest thing it's just the one scenario i hadn't prepared myself yeah. for so it was obviously that was what the hardest thing was there wasn't too many words said afterward that that was for sure yeah i'm just going to ask how did how did you and your dad, because normally you're all very good with each other, it seems, yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. when we watch it, you're all pretty good dealing with each other and disappointments and, and real real about stuff. So how did that, that post-race analysis go? Yes, yeah, so obviously, we, Nigel and I have a funny relationship. There's um, strong words exchanged on many occasions, <laughs> but on that occasion, it was more, there, there was very, very few words exchanged. Um, I think there's two times he got too emotional on the race course. One was Hello Bud um, when he won his second beacher at 14. And, and that day I just was stuck for words, couldn't say anything, couldn't think. It's just amazing how wrapped up you can get in it yeah. all. And that day was, yeah, it was, was a hard one. But at the same time, we were very lucky to still have the horse and for him to come out and done what he's done since. Yeah. Uh, the thing... Uh, watching you over the years, so I remember coming down to the yard when you guys had Fundamentalist. I think you, you, you or Willie had the colours on yeah. of yeah. Fundamentalist and, and walked around everywhere in the yard and loved this. There's a strong family bond between you all. Um, did you find did you find that when you were at Paul's, the way that everything was done was also a similar sort of way, or was it <laughs> very different? The funny thing was, in my first year of being at Paul's, I used to come back and tell Daddy he was doing it all wrong. So uh, <laughs> that never. Really used to go down well, and then our schooling changed dramatically all of a sudden. And uh, back at home, and um, not so much. We were doing more and more in the school. So I was amazed by the pool, what they did with the young horses early days. And now, obviously, we we don't we nothing's ever changed. I should never allow it. But um, we now we're in the school a lot more, and we're, when the grass isn't um, able to use, but. The one thing you took from pools, you go home and you'd be like the amount of schooling those horses do was yeah. just like. It was amazing to see and to sit on all those horses. So we, I was coming back home and be like, we need to school more, we need to do this. And uh, as you can imagine, got the standard, um, well, I'm not saying it, but yeah, the standard <laughs> told where to go, I should say. Um, you're obviously running a lot for your dad, uh, but also for Richard Newland uh, this year. Um, how's that going and what's he like to ride for? Amazing man. Um, obviously understands racing very well. He's He's... When you ride for a trainer, so I was lucky growing up um, riding for Dad, and Dad would always report, uh, like, form his own opinion on a race by watching it, seeing, knowing. And Dr. Newton's amazing because you ride for him, and it's, uh, he likes to know, obviously, as much as in detail about the race afterwards. But then the one thing he does is he listens to every word, and then he'll go forward, and if you said two and a half next time, you can be nearly sure it will always right. be running over what you suggested. And that's why his attention to detail is fantastic, is... Um, planning for the horses yeah. is amazing. Like literally, they go through however many races to try and find the, the most suitable suitable race. And I think that's why he operates at the strike rate he does, is because the attention to detail is just so good. Yeah, the thing I, I, obviously you went and paid the same attention to it because from a, a punter's point of view, whenever you see a Richard Newton horse being back, for example, it, it generally runs a very very good race. Um, Think about so, Cad Delan winning at, at Ascot mm. before, in November last year. Um, and, and all the way through the race, you're, you're, get, you're getting there, getting there. And it seems like his horses are always prepared for a specific target, if that's fair. Yeah, well, that's the, the one thing when you ride his horses, you know, they're very fit, um, they're well schooled. So going out from a, from a jockey's point of view, it's just it's very straightforward. 
I remember that day very well of Catalin because obviously didn't really realise how much the race was worth. Yeah. And we're in the paddock with all the owners and Dr. Noon said, look, they're going to go very fast. Don't be afraid to just kind of sit on him and see where you end up. So ended up mid to back and got into a good rhythm and one by one they started stopping and um, got a nice slip round the inside turning in and wing two out and I was thinking, oh, happy days, run a blinder. Yeah. And then obviously to see Spedradet coming back, all yeah. of a sudden you're thinking, here we go. And um, it was just a very exciting day. The horse had previously pulled up around Cheltenham um, a couple of starts before. And to see the progression he'd made from that day in Cheltenham to win that race around Ascot was just why Dr. Newland is such a fantastic yeah. trainer. How, how many horses does he have at the moment? I think he operates around 18. And he doesn't, he, doesn't go, he doesn't want any more than that, does he? Uh, he's actually, he bought a new yard. He's expanding, oh, he? oh, yeah. Right, okay. So a bit, a bit of luck. And from my point of view, it's very, very exciting. Yeah. Um, he, that's the thing is that with those 18, and obviously when maybe one goes wrong, and Dr. Newland will say if I'm wrong, but then something will take its place. Yeah. If something's sick, then they'll swap them around and... Um, that's why it works so well. They're kind of have 18 horses yeah. going forward and running, and that's what the placing of them is so good, and that's yeah. why the attention to detail for each individual horse that you might not get so much in a big yard it is very, very good. Well, what I say about his striker, I think he's had 50 winners this season from a very small number of uh, horses uh, at a strike rate of around 30%. And yeah. It's quite incredible. It is amazing. You think about it. It's a great team there, from Carolyn, who does the travelling, to Rod Trose, uh, Dr. Noon's assistant, to Charlie Hammond, plays a huge mm. part in that he's there every day, um, helps do the gallops, and obviously him and Rod talk through the board with Dr. Newland, so attention to detail is fantastic. Mm. You know that all the horses have done loads and loads of schooling, and I mean, they're a day a week, and we always do plenty of jumping. And in the work days, yeah. you know exactly what's going on. And um, they're a big believer in equinity, so it's the girth sleeves to monitor kind of recovery right. rate and all of that's relatively new. So um, that's just one of the many reasons why attention to detail is so good. Yeah. Well, you've spoken about so many positive things since you've gone freelance. I guess if we were to, to highlight something that must, must be fairly tricky for you, is watching a day like yesterday and seeing Paul having winners all around the country and obviously Harry's the main main man there now. Is that something that you've you've eased off with now or you do you look at it going, oh, that could have been me? Yeah, or? the hardest thing to accept early season was to accept it wasn't my job anymore. Um, well, once I'd accepted that, it got easier. By no means will it ever be like totally, you won't ever sit, sit there smiling because mm-hmm. the end of the day, you wrote, I've ridden those horses before, I've sat on surname, ridden Clander Zobo, and that's what's amazing about Paul, is that like the progression from season to season these horses can make is just, yeah. like surname, for example, yesterday, like pulled out that performance, and yeah. I'd seen him, watched him, I just thought, I don't mean there's any disrespect to surname, I thought he'd give us a nice lead till turning <laughs> in, and then he's gone and literally blown us all away, and yeah. that's just about why Paul Nichols is obviously very good at his job, yeah. but... Um, Back to what, what you asked, it was early on in this season was tough because you mm. just you felt in your head you should still be riding them and you wanted to be riding them all because the talent down there is still going in and seeing them all and sitting on them and yeah. felt like I couldn't really accept that it wasn't actually my job anymore was the hardest bit. Yeah. But then it, when it kind of slowly started to sink in, like this isn't, it's not yours to be mm. upset about, at the end of the day you've got to try and make the best of the situation, still go in there, sit on these horses because still have a good relationship with Paul, yeah. Harry and a lot of the owners so in the end just kind of accepted it moved forward and yeah. now I think as a person I'm a lot a lot happier in that in myself I go home I'm probably better to deal with I'm a nicer person probably actually a little bit more social when I was riding for Paul I'd literally 
go home and sit down and watch the replays and go to bed and do it all over again and again and yeah. wasn't spending a lot of time with my friends and end of the day now I'm obviously a lot probably more approachable than I might have been at some times. <laughs> well, it, a, a very, very long time ago when I was playing some sport, someone told me that sport in general is 90% confidence, 10% ability because it's all about mm. confidence. And watching you now and watching you last few years, it seems that you're much stronger mentally. Your, your riding has always been excellent. Um, but would it be fair to say that your mind is now much more at ease and, you're, and that's, the, that's the area that's strengthened up in the last 12 months? Well, that, that, the one thing is, is that, that I dealt with, obviously, the, uh, when Big Bucks got beat, for example, I, I'll never forget that night. It was just it was crazy. My phone, the, the tweets, the, everything, the social media just lit up. And from, that, was a learning, that was a big learning step from day one. And I got that quite an early stage. So um, dealing with disappointment was something that... I've, got to deal with quite quick and dealing with obviously patrols and such it ended up learning to deal with quite quickly so now yeah probably a more complete person and I'm more confident well, I wouldn't say I'm confident say I play with my hands fidgeting but <laughs> <laughs> that's just what that's these red lights shy. do to you, you. Might be yeah, shy. Yeah, yeah. at least in this sort of um, <laughs> but literally put me on a race course on the back of a horse now and I generally believe in what I can do and I feel when I get off on and off a horse I can give the appropriate feedback and um, go out there and give the horse every chance. Yeah, and and the people around you, you feel also benefit from that. Hopefully, like, I have a great relationship with my dad and Willie, Carl, Jim, old at home, and then yeah. I know for well when Dr. Newland, there was an example of a horse competition at Huntingdon, and the plan was to drop it in. There was no pace, so I popped it out, and it went drastically wrong. Um, and Dr. Newland, I was bursting and said, "Was sorry, I shouldn't have done that." And he said, "No, no, I've never been had a problem with um, changing tactics or enterprising tactics." and from that day on, it's like, just go out and do what you do, and yeah. sometimes we get it wrong, sometimes we get it right, and that's the biggest confidence, is when your trainers believe in you, and yeah. you know going forward, if you do something wrong, then it's not the end of the world, there's another day, yeah. that, that is the biggest confidence booster in its own right. Seems nowadays, though, everybody loves you, Sam, uh, even Paddy Brennan, Paddy Brennan yesterday was uh, tweeting about your wonderful skills as a horseman, putting yourself first, you were riding Daydream Ulm here, just, just tell us what happened. Yeah, he, um, he was good going okay um, at the time obviously he just clipped the top he, he's fallen um, so jumped up and caught him as any natural any, anyone would have done the same you know um, end of the day I was worried for, for, for the horse so just wanted to make sure we caught him and um, make sure the vets could see him as quick as possible uh, still uh, I know you say anyone would have, would have done it I mean it's hard for for us who haven't ridden horses like that to, to try and understand it but is it a natural instinct it's, yeah literally naturally kind of first and foremost you kind of look to see where the horse is, horse is and then the horse is in and around you um, so when I saw it was relatively clear I could jump up and get him um, first and foremost because you'd never like to see anything like that happen and mm. report back the horse is, horse is all okay which amazed me because I'd never seen anything like it um, they said he was con concussed originally so he jumped back up walked up the track and all was okay this is what Paddy said about you uh, one thing stood out on the great days racing Sam Twiston Davis reaction after his fall in the 430 Ascot was unbelievable horsemanship put the horse first and could have saved his life uh, it's quite nice to yeah, read some of that Paddy's obviously one of the senior jockeys and remember we were actually laughing about it the other day um, Paddy when he first came to Dad took Willie and I out for tea with, with, with Dad and there were days we'd go racing together like be me Paddy uh, Dad and Willie, remember the King, the King George one year, he come Imperial Commander and there's no parking spaces left and Nigel threatened to park in the disabled paddy had no chance it was ever happening. <laughs> and that was like, me and Willie were sat in the back laughing because obviously it's not 
there was the only space left. We were King George, yeah. so anyway, we had to go and park miles away. And um, I was not happy. <laughs> uh, gosh, you all have to learn to deal with yeah, Nigel, yeah, right? That That's was it. it. Oh, by the way, what happened to Nigel's duffel coat? That oh, was that, a big he thing. bought a sharp new one from yeah. M&S. He, I don't he know looks like what a model happened. now. Yeah, well, I guess um, Willie had told him he needed to up his game, um, but he needs to get the initials and that put on the new one. But <laughs> oh, I don't know, the duffel coat's still going. He still wears his other one uh, every morning if it's cold, um, and I'm sure it will be making an appearance again soon. <laughs> That's his new favourite, M&S. He swears it was only 60 quid. I don't really believe it. <laughs> Uh, we're not far away, obviously, Sam, from, from the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, Al Dancer stands out as, as a horse that you must be buzzing about riding there. What else do you think you might be sitting on that, that will give you a, a buzz? Tricky question. Um, probably more handicaps than anything. Um, end of the day, when you, you leave a job like Paul's, it's, yeah. um, you're playing, obviously, different different kettle of fish again. Um, Broadie does a fantastic job in working out where we should be and where we should be riding out. So we have a good basis of where to be. But obviously the, the rides itself is what, what do become very tricky because you've got the best of the best at Cheltenham, mm. um, best horses, best jockeys, so the spares become incredibly hard to find. So obviously with our dancers, the, the main hope, um, going there and then we'll play in a big big field in some of the handicaps, but yeah. it's always tough. Like Cat Poley, for example, would have been going for the Fred Winter, but he was disappointing yesterday. I'd really fancied his chances for that. So obviously we have to get him home, assess him and try and work out what went wrong yesterday and even then, on some of his early form, you'd have said a, yeah. a Fred Winter had been a very realistic target. So he was originally one I was very look, really looking forward to. And then so you've got the likes of Bally Hill and such could could go back into the handicaps. Yeah. He looks quite high. Creve Hill is, is similar boat. He could go into the handicaps. He's a strong traveller, good jumper. But it's incredibly tough to go to Chetland. That's the thing. As, as we, when I was young, I was spoiled to be going and riding yeah. and putty sons is Bally and Bally Andes and champion bumpers and. To have that like volume of depth of rides, I'll be going this year, and from one or two rides a day, I'll be happy because that's just how hard it is to get rides there. Well, you're going to find out very early on how your 2019 Champions Festival is going. Race one, uh, the Supreme. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Equuel Dubai.